0: Last week, you remember how much we enjoyed talking about that Jesus is our example and he is a servant of all. Remember he came and he said, I didn't come to be served. Now, Isn't that interesting? The king of kings, the Lord of lords, the master of the most high, the one who created everything, who ought to be served, and we ought to serve him. But he said when he is on the earth, he said, I didn't come to be ministered to. I came to minister to you. And then he told us that I want you to follow this example. I mean, you know, the highest compliment you can give the Lord is to do what he said and follow his example. And then we looked at the washing of the feet. Um, You know, um, there's a Pentecostal denomination that they use this as an ordinance. And I like it because um, it does show, remind us some things. I don't know if it's an ordinance or not, but if you've ever been in a foot washing ceremony, I've been in some that were very natural and I've been in some that were very spiritual. And it's not just about washing your dirty feet. Remember, Jesus said, what what was the big deal about the washing of feet? Well, that was uh, reserved for the lowest person or the servant or the slave. It was not meant for someone who was important to ever do because the feet in that time were so dirty because even if they had shoes, they were sandals, and wherever they walked is where the animals walked, and they had stuff on their feet. You all know what stuff I'm talking about. And so it was just unheard of for anyone of importance to wash anybody's feet. And when Jesus began to wash their feet, remember Peter stood up and he's like, Uh uh-uh. uh, I, I know who you are. Remember, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are not washing my feet. And then the Lord said to him, Well, fine, then you don't have any part with me. And then what did he say? Wash my whole body. He's like, It's not necessary. Thank God for Peter. It's fun, right? I don't want to talk bad about him. I'm going to have to live with him for eternity. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I know I myself maybe have said some things. But, but so the, what is the point? Jesus said, if I, as I've done this, you go do it too. I've get, you call me Lord and Master, and it's true. He said, but I, I want to show you what I want and how you, to li- how you are to live. And I said it this way, and I'm going to say it again. In the hour we live in, everybody wants to be served. In the hour we live in. Um, people, Especially with the pandemic came, everybody became closed in. It's all about me and mine and my four and no more. Became very protective. And yet that is not the way the Lord has called you and I to live. This, I said, that's not the way he's called you. Come on, he wants us to be a servant. And how do, how do they even know we're born again? Well, because that we love the Lord and because we have a witness on the inside of us. But the other scripture says that we love the brethren. And the highest way to love somebody is to show them. The highest way to love somebody is to serve them. The highest way to love somebody is to honor them. And so the Lord wants us to do that. We in the right room this morning? Hallelujah. So Jesus came to serve. He showed us what he meant. And then we, we kind of shortchanged you all in first service, so I want to catch you up. I think a way people are like, well, how do I serve the Lord? Well, listen, <clears throat> if you come to church... I heard one person say they were real strong on this and firm and almost, I didn't like the way they said it. I believe part of serving the Lord is coming to church. I think that's how you show you're coming, you love the Lord, you come to church. I think part of uh, serving the Lord is you worshiping. I think part of you serving the Lord is tithing and giving offerings. I, I think part of you, you know, so this is service to the Lord. But that's just the beginning. Don't You can't stop there. Well, I do more than most. Well, that's not how we compare ourselves. Well, I do more than most. I go to church every Sunday. Well, that's not, that's not how we say, because didn't the Lord say to compare yourself among yourselves is what? Commendable, right? Is that what he said? He said it's wise, right? No, he said it's not wise and it's foolish. So just, that's not how we compare ourselves. So we don't judge ourselves by judging each other. Because you'll always find somebody doing better than you. And you'll find somebody doing worse than you. It's easy. But that's not what we do. We judge ourselves according to the word and what the Lord wants from us. So this message is really going to hit everybody at a different place. And I like it when the Holy Ghost does that. He's dividing it severally to you where you're at and what he wants from you. And remember, this is not a message of condemnation. This is a message of if it convicts you to do something, great. But there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But this is a grow-up message, all right, especially for the hour that we live in. Everybody ready for some filet? Maybe a T-bone? Maybe a sirloin? No, they don't have any fat in it. Hallelujah. A ribeye. We need a ribeye. Hallelujah. All right. So uh, Matthew 25. How can I tell if I'm really serving the Lord? Let's look at Matthew 25. Verses uh, 35 through 40 in the New American Standard Bible, if you will. Let me put it in the New American for me. Um, Matthew 25, 35. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Verse 36. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Verse 37, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? Verse 38, and when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? Verse 40 is it. The king or Jesus would answer and say unto them, Truly I say unto you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine. Who's your brother? Who's your sister? Well everybody that's born again. Whether they come to church here or whether they don't. Whether they look like you or don't look like you. I know it's big in the world talking about the, the you know look like me. Well fine, but in the body of Christ, we are we're all we all the same. So you should be good to everybody, not those that just look like you. You shouldn't just hang out with those who look like you. Amen. All right now. Listen, I don't want to be like the rest of them. I think we ought to be a city set on a hill. I think we ought to be distinct and different. And love of God makes us distinct and different. And we should, according to the word of God, Jesus is saying, if you did it, if you did any of those things to anybody who was a brother or sister in Christ. and, And Jesus is our elder brother. And when he thinks of us, he thinks brothers and sisters. I know, that boggles the mind, don't it? Jesus is your elder brother. And he's saying, if you'll do it to one of my brothers and sisters, I'll count it that you've done it to me. Come on, I I don't know how many of you are parents in the room, but this is a true thing. And then we'll we'll work it down, but I know it's true with parents. When someone blesses your child, that, that gives you some favor with that person. If someone's mean to your child, ooh, it's hard for us to walk in love because we want to take care of some business, right? And the same thing with your brothers and sisters. Now I know all of your families are all cool, and you—if you have a lot of brothers and sisters—you never fight or fussed or anything. I, you know, but I do remember I. M- My sister and I could have been mad at one another, but if one of the cousins started picking on one of us, we would circle the wagons, take care of that business, and then go back to our business later. In other words, I've said things like this. You can't say that. I can say that, but you can't say that. And that's very natural. But the truth of the matter is, the Lord, when you bless somebody that he considers a brother or sister, that's something to him, and he just said so. How do, how do I serve him? Give somebody a drink of water. Close somebody who's naked. Go visit someone who's in prison. Uh, go change a diaper in the nursery. Uh, bless one of the children. Usher somebody in. Amen. Uh, make sure somebody's welcome in the parking lot, rain or shine. Do anything and everything you can to bless one another. Amen. Amen. Amen glory to God. So the other thing I wanted to get to you is this serving, this giving. I want to give you this attitude. Colossians 3, 23. The Lord said to us, the word of God says, do whatever you do, do it hardly as to the Lord, not unto men. So everything I'm going to do for somebody else, I got to have this attitude going forward. So I want to get this to you. When I serve you, when I do something for you, I'm I'm really, you receive the benefit of it, but if I'm doing it right, I'm doing it for the Lord. I'm not doing it for you. That helps me when you're not grateful. That helps me when someone just expects it. I'm not doing it for you, and and you can say nice things to me, and I appreciate that. I'd rather you say a nice thing than, than a mean thing, but I'm just looking for Him to say nice things, I'm looking for Him to be grateful. Thank me. And I've had him do it personally. So the same thing with you. Listen to me. You should do everything you do unto the Lord. And remember, you don't have a sacred life, Sunday morning life, and then a secular life, a work week life. You have one life. And so the attitude you have at church, you ought to carry to work on Monday and Tuesday, hump day, Thursday, Friday, even if you have to work on Saturday and you don't feel like working on Saturday. Everything you do, you do it unto the Lord. And therefore, then all your rewards come from the Lord, even if naturally you get some blessings or benefits. But everything comes from the Lord. Everything. I would say everything. everything. What does that include? Everything. everything. Amen. Amen. Who are you supposed to do it for? The Lord. You I mean I, I, I'm going to go to... Uh, McDonald's and flip a hamburger for the Lord. Yep. I'm going to go to McDonald Douglas and do what they do there for the Lord. Engineer whatever. Yeah. I'm going to do. I, I'm going to. I'm going to teach uh, mathematics unto the Lord. Yep. I'm going to. I'm going to figure out a problem. I'm going to engineer a, a great breakthrough. Whatever you all do. <laughs> yep. Do it unto the Lord. You know He does know everything about everything. He'll make you the best engineer you've ever been. Hallelujah. Ephesians says the same thing. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7 says, With good, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not unto men. So everything you do in life, you do it to who? The Lord. To the Lord and not unto men. Amen? Amen. And so let's keep reminding us. I, they were taking a little longer than I thought, but, but I, I want to I slow down. I want to get you this because you'll all be back next week, won't you? I thought so. 1 Peter chapter 4, 10 through 11 again, out of the New Living Translations. 1 Peter 4:10. No, I don't want to go there. Sorry who's ever up there. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. I was going to skip over it, but let's look. Ephesians chapter 2. I think when it comes to doing works, we're going to look Ephesians 2:10 is popular with me. I say it a lot. I get quoted a lot. How many of the Lord has preordained you to do good works? And sometimes in a modern church, people really want to use an excuse and say, well, I don't have to do anything. The Lord's done it all. And it is true when you're talking about your salvation, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, healing, um, prosperity, your peace. He's done it. You receive it. And I want to remind you of this when it comes to everything. So let's run into this. Are you all glad you're saved? So let's start at verse 5. Even when you were dead in sins, God has quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Everybody say, by grace, grace, I'm saved. saved. What is grace here? This is saving grace. And verse 6 says, and he's raised you up together and made you sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, King James says this, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith. Everybody say, by grace. Through faith. faith. Grace is God's side. Faith is your side. Remember, we talked about this. If all you ever hear is grace, then you hear everything that God has offered to you, but you have no way to apprehend it. So you can hear it. God offers. God offers. God offers. God offers. But if you don't have faith to apprehend it, you won't receive the promises of God that are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. But if all you ever hear is faith, you can become very worksy, very very religious, and trying to make God do something that He's already done because you have such great faith. So people ask me recently, "Are you a grace church or a faith church?" And when I ask, don't make don't, I'm going to say it plain. When they someone asks me that, I recognize how ignorant they really are, because you you can't be a grace church or a faith church. You have to be a both church. Because it's by if God doesn't offer anything, there's no faith necessary. But if but but if you, and if you don't have faith, he can offer and offer and offer and offer and there's nothing for you to receive. But listen, so yeah, you don't get saved. How I many you know you all know this? You don't get saved by your good works. If someone says to you, I hope I've done enough at the end of my life that will Peter will let me in the pearly gates, you know they're not born again. Because they're counting on their good works to save them. And you better get them born again. Right? But listen, and that's God's side. Keep going. It's by grace through faith yourself, not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we, then, it's doesn't, then the word of God doesn't stop there. He said, you got saved not by works, but let me tell you something about works. For we are God's workmanship. We're his vessels. He's the potter, we're the clay. The clay doesn't say to the potter, this is what I'm doing. The potter decides what the clay is going to be. When you were in your mother's womb, before you did anything right or wrong, God determined who you would be as you got born again. He made a tremendous plan for you. And it is your discovery, not your decision. And that's why people, many believers are frustrated, is because they live their own life and then they ask God to bless it. They live. They do what they want to do in every part of life, and that's why we tell you all the time, parents: you ought not tell your children you can grow up and be anything you want to be, baby. You ought to tell them we're going to help you discover what God has ordained you to be, and you're going to be thrilled and happy and excited. Hallelujah! No midlife crisis for you. Hallelujah! Because you're going to be doing everything that God wanted you to do from a very young age. For you are God's workmanship. Everybody say, "I "I am God's workmanship." What were you? I was created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Amen? So you were created to do what? Good works. Good works. Good works. Come on, say it like you mean it. I was created, I was created. to do good works. Good works. So are you all born again? Yes. You were created to do what? Good works. I backed you into that one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so if you're not doing any good works, I'll leave that between you and Jesus. Everybody in this room is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. What do you think you're going to be judged on? That you went to church? That's part of it. That you tithe? Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. That you were a good worshiper? Good prayer? That's great. But I believe those are the entry stages. Every one of you have something to do for God. And I know this is a good preaching message for preachers. Well, yeah, you do what you're called to do. Well, if that was true, then only 3 to 5% of the body of Christ have anything to do. And that's just not true. And as I get into this, I've thought about this. I was like, Lord, this is July. This is summer. This is fun month. You know, let's give them something light and fun. And he said, no, let's grow them up. Let's get them ready for the harvest that's coming. Let's get them ready for the harvest that's coming. Let's get them ready for the harvest that's coming. Because it's harvest season, y'all. And the Lord needs you in your place. I said the Lord needs you in your place. And so everybody has been given a good work to do, which God has ordained that we should walk in them. So everybody say this by faith. Say, I am walking in the good works that Jesus created me to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. So 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11, New Living says it this way: It says, God has given each of you a gift. There it is again. Everybody say, I have a gift. Pastor Mark, why do you make us talk all the time? Because I want you to get it in your heart and out of your mouth. And as you say it, it'll go in there better than just hearing me. God has given each of you a gift from the great variety of spiritual gifts. How many know there's a great variety? We're not going to talk about it today, but your physical body, the Word of God, talks about how the eye can't say to the ear, I don't need you. The hand can't say to the foot, you know, I don't. I mean, how many know every part is important and every part supplies, but every part is unique. And usually the Bible talks about, kind of like the, the King James talks about, how the parts that aren't seen, the Lord uh, gives more honor to. You know, everybody wants to be seen today. I, I want to have a viral video. Everybody's trying, to have a, everybody's trying to have a moment. But listen, in God, it's quite opposite of the world. Um, he's not looking for people who want to be seen. As a matter of fact, the Bible... Uh, Again, I think we'll be so shocked at the judgment seat of Christ who need angels to help carry away their crowns. Sometimes being the most seen on earth is all you get. (laughs) Especially if you try to make a way for yourself. (laughs) Jesus said that's the Gentiles way. The more, more important people are served. But it's not so in the kingdom of God. If you want to be the greatest, you become a servant of all. And that is so contrary to the tone of the world right now, and even church. But let's get back to the word. I think if we all started serving one another, it would make people's eyeballs pop out the head. As we unselfishly gave to one another, we sacrificed our time and our talent and our treasure. Oh, that's good. I think I'll make a sermon out of it. Um, and, and, And gave it, you know, to people. Are you with me? And he's given uh, each one of you a gift. So did he leave anybody out? That was weak. Did he leave you out? My gift is to sit. No, 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 no. That's where you start. That's where you start. My gift is to critique. Absolutely not. You know, more sitters critique than anybody else. Because Sit with me on Saturday when I watch a football game. I'm the biggest critiquer in the room, yet I've never taken a snap. (laughs) He was wide open. (laughs) But I've never had a 350-pound guy try to knock the helmet off of my head. It's easy to critique. It's easy to say what you would have done. Are you all with me? Oh, this is plain English today. Hallelujah. The Lord's trying to help us. Get involved. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, he... Don't sit in the seat of the scornful or don't be a critic. Get involved in anything and everything you want to. Do it as the leading of the Lord, but don't just sit on the sidelines and critique. Hallelujah. Use them, these gifts, to do, what are you supposed to do with your gift? To serve one another. So every gift given by God will serve one another. So your gift does not exclude you from serving. Your gift will include you in serving. So with the gift, serve them. Say, Lord, help me find my gift so I can serve somebody. Hallelujah. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Can I get an amen? 1 Corinthians chapter fifteen, ten. It says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And I already talked about how the world's trying to mess with that. And, you know, you aren't who you are to be a sinner. God didn't make anyone to sin. And this is talking about serving. I, so you got to, even, you know, we call that resting the scripture. You can't pull a scripture out and try to make uh, God approve of what you're doing, especially if it's sin. But by the grace of God, so this is talking about me serving somebody. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Everybody say, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace was bestowed upon me, not in vain. So everybody's got a grace because everybody's got a gift. What does it mean in vain? Y'all went quiet. What does it mean to be va- it's useless? It's not for any purpose. But I labored more abundantly than y'all, not I, but the grace of God that is in me. Amen. So um again, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, But we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to good works, which God has ordained that we should walk in them. So let's look at um, um let's just, for time's sake, let's look at Acts chapter 9, verse 36. Y'all remember a young lady named Tabitha? Uh, Tabitha, which is called Dorcas, this woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.17 said, we be furnished to all good works. So I want you to see that, uh, you know, whether it's Tabitha uh, or a minister, the Bible still calls it all good works. So whether I'm preaching the word or I'm making a coat, it's a good work. And the Lord equates it. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I understand that, yes, and it needed to be taught where, um, and I, I'm talking as a pastor, yeah, I appreciate when people help me and they want to do things for me. But if you want to help me, serve each other. Amen. If you want to help, really help me, people say, well, how, what can I do to help you? Well, we need ushers. What can I do to help you? Um, well, we need nursery workers. What, what can I do to help you? I need somebody to make sure that that, that the lady that comes for the first time don't, don't get caught in the rain and mess her hair up. Yeah, good, Ladies that. like that. You know, uh, one of the reasons that we have this, uh, this overhang out here is so you girls don't get your hair messed up. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, but because my wife wanted it too. Hallelujah. <laughs> But, but whatever we can do to help one another, that's how you serve. I, I appreciate it. And, and yes, um, we teach around here. Robert teaches armor bearer. And, and, you know, what is an armor bearer? Whatever you have to do in your heart, then I want to do it. But, you see, this is my heart, and serving one another is my heart. So if you really want to help me, serve one another. Well, I'm, wait, I'm waiting to help you when you ask me to preach or teach. Well, if you ain't doing anything, you're never going to get asked to preach or teach. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, amen. I got them lined up. And people who get to teach and preach around here have been faithful for years. I'm not, just, I'm not trying to be ornery. Um, well, I have a gift. Use it to serve one another. You really have a gift. People who tell me all the time, I have a tremendous call of God on my life. What are you doing? Well, I'm just waiting for my opportunity. Eh, I doubt it. Because <laughs> if you really had a tremendous gift on your life, God would have you do something that serves one another. My tremendous gift started with throne room attendance, Amen. commodes need clean. Called to the adults. The Lord said, Fine, let's go to the children and see how you treat them. See if you care about them. Then, how about some ornery teenagers? Let's see what you're made of. He did all that with me. Am I trying to help you? Yes, I am trying to help you. Well, Pastor Mark, I'm not called to the ministry, but you're called to own a business. You're called to have a great career. You're called to have a wonderful family. And God, but in that as part of your life, God has called you to serve one. Listen, if you become a servant's heart, if you're a husband and you start serving your wife, oh my goodness, your marriage will become heaven on earth because she's going to want to return that. Because whatever you give a woman, she'll shake it down, press it together, run it over, and give it right back to you. You give her a seed, and she'll give you a child. You give her grief, and she'll give you other stuff that's the way God made us that was free but you do good works you do good works you let this go over into your home you you become a a person at work that you go above and beyond what your boss is asking or requiring You do more than is necessary. Today, everybody wants to just do enough to get by. That is not God. Well, I just think everybody ought to be equal. Heaven is not socialism or communism. Everybody's not going to have the same rank. Angels don't even have the same rank. And in the body of Christ, though you know we're here on earth, but I don't know if uh, if ranks are going to be reversed in heaven. Listen, listen to me. It's important that you do for the Lord here on the earth now. Wow, we going everywhere. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is called a free flow. Hallelujah. Let's get back to the notes. Let's see. No, I think we'll keep. No. Um, what happens when you do good works? Matthew five sixteen. Let your light so shine before men. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Y'all remember? Yeah. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it hide it under a bushel. What? It, see, if you don't use your gifts, you're hiding it. That is for, true for salvation and hiding it from people. But it also has to do with your good works. How do I know that? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your what? Good works. Are you, Are you doing something? That people can see your good works. Don't get quiet on me. I know this is grow up stuff, isn't it? In an area where everybody, in a time when everybody wants to be served. But what does the Lord want from us? He said, I'm your example. I want you to serve one another. I want you to really love one another. Now you have to figure out what that is and how that is. I'm not here to tell you, don't, you come up to me and say, uh, what am I supposed to do? Well, I would just say, find a place and do something. And around here, you can serve once a month and never miss church because we have two services. You can serve in one and, and still keep it. But whatever it is, whether it's in church or somewhere, we're supposed to be letting our light shine. Yes. What? That they may see your good works. And when they see your good works, they'll go, what in the world is that? And what will they say? That must be God. And what will they do? And glory. So see, when when, when someone walks in here and they see us all loving one another and serving one another and just really we want to help everybody. What is that going to do for someone who's backslidden? What's that going to do for someone who's lost? They're going to be like, there's some love up in here. I don't understand this. And they're going to be like, they're just going to just stay to see like, what are you all going to do for one another? How are you going to love on one another? How are you going to serve for one another? Uh, And and then what does that do? It glorifies your father in heaven. Do you want to glorify God? Then people have to see your good works. Your good works didn't get you saved, but after you got saved, you ordained to do good works. And what will your good good works do when people see them? They'll glorify God. Not you'll glorify God, they'll glorify God. Ah, I I just want to be a witness. Well, one way to be a witness is to do good to one another. To do good to everybody you run into. Hallelujah. Do good to your servers today when you go get something to eat. Hallelujah. Do good. Just do good. Do good. (laughs) Do good. First Peter chapter 2, verse 12. I like this one a lot. 1 Peter 2.12, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they might speak as evil you as an evildoer. In other words, right now, they don't understand who we are. They, they think that we've all flipped the lid, but we're trying to flip their lid the right way. Hallelujah. But they speak of us as evildoers. And that's what's going on right now. Everywhere you go. If you're a really strong believer and you have, uh, you want to stick with the word and do the word and not compromise the word, they'll call you evil, which is weird. That they may, but but whereas they may speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works. So in other words, they may talk about you, but when no matter what they say, you keep doing good works. You keep doing good works. What is good work? Serving one another. What is, what is good works, yet feeding the hungry? What is a good work, clothing the naked? What is a good work, doing unto others, especially good, especially to those who are of the household of faith? When they see your good works, they shall behold it, and they will glorify God. What? In a day of what? Visitation. People are praying for a visitation all the way, all the time. Oh, listen to me. When I saw that, the Holy Ghost said to me, I'm waiting for them to do good to one another. I need them to do good to one another. If I could get down in here and just, "Ah!" see, I believe we're headed to a direction, and I believe that's what the Lord's wanting to do. How many believe that right before Jesus comes back, there is going to be a visitation? Come on. The Latter-day Church is the glorious church. What is the glorious church? It's not a weak church. It's not a wimpy church. It's not a seeker-friendly church. It's not a everything is in order church. It is a glorious church. What is the glory? It is the power of God. When God shows up in a room, everything changes. I said when God shows up in a room, everything changes. It's his power. It's his glory. It's what, what Adam and Eve were clothed with. The Bible says in the last days that the glory of the Lord, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the waters, just like it, it covered, you know, it just says the waters cover the sea. What does that mean? Well, there, in order for it to be a sea, there's going to have to be water on it. And in the last days, the glory of God is going to be so prevalent that it, it just it looks like that's the way it's supposed to be. Why? Because the Lord is coming for a glorious church. He's coming for a powerful church, not a weak church, not a wimpy church. But what will bring his visitation, that we all do good works one to another. It doesn't seem like that would be a key, but it is a key. They behold your good works, which they shall behold, and glorify God in the day of visitation. So it seems like us loving one another. Well, that makes sense, because God is love. God is love, and he really likes it when we love one another. What's the highest form of love? Yes, you can tell someone you love them, but they understand it more when you do something for them. And Jesus counts this very high because he said, if you've done it unto these, you've done it unto me. So I think in some ways, then that gives him permission to come in. Hallelujah. I want a visitation. I want a visitation. So by your good works, they'll glorify God. By your good works, a visitation of God can come. And then it's just really important. Now, this is pastors this is many pastors' favorite scripture, especially over the last two or three years. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 25 is the one everybody quotes. Don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. In other words, you're supposed to come. But let's look at verse 24. And let us consider one another. So the person next to you on the left and on the right, you should consider them. You should consider them. The person you're going to hang with as you get a coffee or a latte or whatever is out there, you should consider them. And you should do what? Provoke. Now that's not a bad word. That's just a King James word. Provoke. What does that mean? Instigate, prod a little bit. Now, I remember a long time ago, the Lord told me that one day I would I would minister to pastors, and thank God I have been able to minister to pastors all over the world at pastors' conference. But one time He said this to me, because I didn't. He told me that really early in my life, which is really strange. Sometimes He'll tell you Z, and then you're 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 just you just started at A. And he tells you a Z, and you're like, that should be tomorrow. But Z happened about 25 years later than when he told me. And I remember um, when he asked me to, pa- uh, when he wanted me to move to Alabama and start to pastor, and I was like, Lord, I don't want to pastor. I don't, I don't want to pastor. And he said, remember what I told you, that you would pastor, you would minister to ministers, pastors especially. I said, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and he said to me, "So what kind of pastor would listen to someone who's never pastored. If you had no experience, you, had no, you, you didn't know what you were talking about. So the Lord talks to you that way. He really does. <laughs> Just straight. It's like, oh, all right. But in the same way, how I many know you can't provoke someone to good works if you're not doing any? Oh, I walked you into that one too. <laughs> so what do we got to do? Again, this is no condemnation, but what are you doing? Because you're supposed to be provoking someone. And listen, that doesn't even mean you have to say anything. Just by you doing. Sometimes it's best not to say to people. But you just, you doing for them. You doing to one another. They see you doing for one another. But how many know we're all supposed to be doing good works? I'm going to tell you again. Can you, besides going to church, everybody say, I'm growing up. Say, Pastor Mark loves me. Jesus loves me. Hallelujah. But what are you doing besides coming to church, singing, praying, worshiping? Are you doing something that you know you could say is a good work? And all I'm asking you to do, if you're not currently doing anything like that, Lord, what can I do? Because you might say, well, I'm just not able. There's something you're able to do. Everybody can pray. Well, I can't get there when y'all pray. Uh, there's Zoom. And we can hook you up to praying for people's needs. Um, you can do something. You can do something. Um, there's all kinds of places to serve here, in the community, um, just any place. Lord, but well, Lord, what do you want me to do? And you say, well, he's not saying anything. Well, just start somewhere. Just start, just start. He said, "Well, my call uh, is to give. Yeah, that's good. That's a part. Um, and it's a great part. But is there anything else you're supposed to be doing? And our job is to provoke one another unto good works. Hallelujah. glory to God. Hallelujah.) <laughs> y'all handle something? Can you handle it? I serve you my steaks. Uh, I like a medium rare. Hallelujah. Um, I don't like to cook all the juices out of them. So I'm about to hand you something that's really good. I, I, I spoke this to the Wednesday night crowd, you know, but I believe you, the Sunday morning bunch of Cornerstone Word of Life Church can handle it. Let's look at uh, Luke chapter 13. Let's just see how serious the Lord is about us doing good works. Why do we want to do good works? They'll they'll glorify God. Why do we want to do good works? Because it'll bring a visitation. Why do we want to do good works? Because we're supposed to provoke, be able to provoke one another. So that everybody, oh man, if everybody, oh my my dream would be that everybody from this church, everybody I minister to would stand before the judgment seat of Christ and hear, Well done! Good and faithful servant enter into the joy of the Lord that would bless me so much it's what I live for Jesus told this story a man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there were a fruit on it but he was always disappointed what does fruit represent here fruit represents what the tree produces or good works Finally, he said to the gardener, so this is a master. He's gone away. He's left somebody tending it. Gardener, I've waited three years, and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taken up space. I don't want the Lord to say to me or to you, just cut it down. So said, well, this is the, oh, he's not talking to us. He, he is talking to us. Verse 9. Right. The gardener answered, sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year, and I'm going to put, put, give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. And I promise the Wednesday night bunch, and i make this promise to you. I'm going to give you special attention with the word of God. And I want me and I want you ready. Because you, whether you like it or not, are going to produce some good fruit. Again, there's no condemnation, but your life was meant to glorify God. Your life was meant to bring others to Jesus. Your life is meant to serve Him and just find something, one thing that you can do to serve Him. And just keep it between you and the Lord. It doesn't have to be something big. Well, I'm just a little toe on the body of Christ. Well, I thank God for my little toe because I tell you when I stub it, it hurts. And my hand goes to grab it. That's how the body works together. So if you're a little toe, it helps you uh, uh, balance a little bit. Never seen my heart, but I'm sure glad it's pumping. I've never seen one of my kidneys, but I'm glad they work. Ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? And do it. Just do it. Because it will bring glory to God. And he's giving, I believe, the body of Christ some time to get it right. He wants to bring a visitation. And the gardener said, Lord, give it one more year. I'm going to give it special attention. I'm going to put some fertilizer on it. So I'm going to give you the word, the word, the word, not my opinion. And you can grow thereby, and as you grow, the Lord will show you who you are and what you're supposed to do. By the grace of God, you are who you are. And I'll say this to you. No matter what you're called to do, even if God has you, you're the next Billy Graham. I guarantee you there's a place to serve that doesn't start behind a pulpit. And you'll just minister to people and love on people. church, it'll carry over into your workplace. When you do that church, it'll carry over into your neighborhood. When you do that, it'll carry over into your extended family. It'll just make us be who God has ordained us to be. Everybody say, Lord, use me to serve someone. Hallelujah.